on the cover. The Midnighters are shown on the beach, hanging out around a fire. Ryan leans casually against a still unconscious Belch, clearly flirting with a blushing moonflower. Cardigan watches with a smile on her face while she absentmindedly knits plushy vines around herself. Midas and his sister brood sullenly by the edge of the circle, unaware of the squad of Farsec agents sneaking up behind them. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 5 of Rose Amongst Thorns, Issue 2, Budding Relationship. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. So, our comic opens with a nice wide shot of the library on a sunny afternoon. And through one of the large windows on the top floor, we can see Zorn Sartan sitting cross-legged, hovering a few inches above the ground with Mr. Snuggle up against the cat curled up in mm. his lap. We get a little speech bubble from him as he is finishing up his, his prayers. An ancestral spirit take into our embrace the spirit of Zorfak so that he may know peace while they wait for their family. And, uh, he opens his eyes and kind of scratches Mr. Snuggle up against, looks up and says, uh, Mr. Threshold, I have a question. And we get a shot of the full room, finally. And we see Midas and his half-sister, Rin, standing with Threshold, who's wearing kind of an olive green sweater today, leaning on his cane. Between the three of them is floating in a mystical field of amber energy is the demon sword. Yeah, so the three of them are looking pensively up at the floating demonic sword as Threshold holds out one hand, is casting this ring of these concentric circles of amber light that are moving up and down along the length of the sword. Yeah, go ahead, Zorn. Shoot. Why is this creature called the Snuggleupagans? Threshold says, well, he, uh, Basically named himself. Called that because he likes to snuggle up against you. Zorn kind of chuckles and gently sets the cat down on the floor in the most sunlight. The threshold turns back to towards the sword and kind of pushes his glasses up a little further on his nose and says, This is this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. There's definitely something alive in there. Where did you say you got this again? Looking at you, Midas. Oh, the demon sword. Wait, is that the sword that Rin had? Yeah, yeah, it's Rin's sword. Oh, so uh, well, I I got it from Rin. She had it. Oh, yeah. Rin says it was bound to be by my mother using some sort of arcane ritual. Is there any way we can undo this curse? Threshold says, "I." I honestly couldn't tell you. He kind of drops his magical field and the sword floats back down to Rin, who touches it. But, uh, there is something very, very powerful trapped within here. It's definitely bound to you, he says, as he kind of looks at her, the scars on her arm. Oh. That's what it sounds like. Is that an ice cream truck? <laughs> it definitely sounds like 
Sorry about that. I kind of started to hear it through my headphones. I'm like, I hope that doesn't get picked up. No. <laughs> some, some great ambiance on the background. The sword, the sword starts making an ominous noise. <laughs> I like it. Listen, this is one of the most powerful magic artifacts I've ever come across. You might be able to get more answers if you were able to find Geodica, but I haven't heard from her in a long time. Who's Geodica? She's a hero of sorts. She protects the earth and magical ley lines. She's very old and very wise. Knows a lot more about this kind of stuff than I do. Not sure where to look for her, but Someone who might would be her protege, Roxanne. Where can we find Roxanne? That is when your phone starts ringing. <laughs> I answered it. Hello. It is Eden. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, is it Jake from State Wait, Farm? <laughs> if Eden doesn't have anything, could it actually be Stitch crackling over the comms? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hey, uh, Midas, are you there? Something is happening at the beach, and I was supposed to be helping Sam. He ran off chasing a fish kid. KT floated off. I'm not really sure what to do. Um, mind getting down here? Sure. Uh, I'll be right there. And in the background, you can hear the voice of the small fish child, Finn, yelling, You are him! Why did you do that, you And then you hear Samuel, Finn, wait, get back here. And then just like the pounding of footsteps and uh, the line goes quiet. And we turn the page. We are on the beach where Belch is out cold, just taking a nap on his chest. Ryan, how cool do you look right now? Um, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. I always look really cool. <laughs> um, but uh, what are you doing right now to kind of show off in front of these people? Oh, okay. Specifically, uh, not just like, you know, the, yeah, yeah. that I look cool Next because I would... To this giant blue monster that you just saved these three kids from. Um, yeah, I think... Oh, oh, and there's also a really hot girl with knives there, too. Yeah, and I think last time we sort of established that I already knew Moonflower a little bit. Mm -hmm, at least, mm -hmm. like, peripherally. So I think, like, I've seen Moonflower around a little bit, but definitely never, like, I haven't since I am now obviously a superhero also. What would Ryan do to look cool? Um, I mean, I feel like you summed it up really well in the, uh, in the cover. I feel like <laughs> Ryan's probably just, like, leaning against Belch. Giving giving him a little pat, like, and then just, like, completely not even talking about that. It's just like, so, um, Moonflower, how have you been? Busy. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, I know how that, how that be with the heroing and all that. Yep. Eden has her phone out and she is texting Shrike something to the effect of, come get your Farsec lackeys to pick up this belch guy it just seems like they should do something with him that wasn't leaving him on the beach you know and it's about this time finn's mom coral 
comes out from the culvert and just gasps at the sight of Belch on the beach, looks over at Ryan, a uh, little intimidated, says, uh, Great old ones, what, what have you done? What happened here? He was our guest. I think, Ryan, I think I'm going to, like, I, I, like, straighten up a little bit because I'm, like, you know, obviously I just saved you. Then when she says he was our guest, I'm like, oh, you also villains? Coral looks confused and a little scared and kind of looks down the beach towards where Finn ran. She's obviously very intimidated and a little scared right now by these people who are just going around and beating the crap out of her house guests. I mean, that seems fair. Are they going to take us away? Do we need to leave? I don't know. What what were you plotting with this with this villain with Belch? We are making clam chowder. I think I gotta kinda of defer to Moonflower a little bit. Just like what do you is that a code for something I you know You and your family are gonna be fine. I hope your clam chowder is good. From the Street up above you, a flashlight, spotlight swings down onto the scene. Voice says, uh, This is Farsec! Everyone freeze! Illegal vigilante! Put your hands in the air! You will be detained! I, I'm, I'm looking around for the illegal vigilante. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> there's like, there's nothing to worry about anymore. Like, we, we got him. I, I, I got him, mostly, but we, we got him. Midas, I think this is about the time you arrive. How how do you arrive on the scene? Well, I I portaled in, as is tradition, and I'd, mm-hmm. like, I'd like to imagine it's right in the least convenient spot. Excellent. <laughs> um, so you, this guy with the flashlight is trying, like, kind of keeping everyone's attention on him while two other squads of Farsec agents are moving down on either side, down, kind of flanking down the beach to pincer everyone off. So you portal into, kind of just drop down onto the beach, kind of see everyone in front of you, and kind of like go to wave, and a Farsec agent like literally just smacks into you. (laughs) And you turn around, and there's a Farsec agent in full tactical body armor, there's a squad of Farsec agents carrying assault rifles and bulletproof armor. Can I roll to defend Midas? Absolutely. What are you doing, Stitch? Stitch is going to quickly shoot out some threads from the palm of her hand and wrap themselves around Midas to snatch him out of harm's way. Amazing. Why don't you go ahead and roll plus savior? Wow. Every day, Stitch becomes more and more like Spider-Man. <laughs> I approve. That is a 10. Hell yeah. On a 10 plus, you keep them safe and get to choose one. Add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. We're going to quickly add a team to the pool. Heck yeah, we are up to two team. Midas, these threads wrap around you, and before the Farsec agent can even get his assault rifle leveled, you are yanked backwards to Stitch's side. Nice. Oh, hey, Midas. Thanks for showing up. Uh, what have I shown up to? (laughs) (laughs) 
Ah, good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's now, yeah, Farsec agent starting to encircle you. Vigilantes, put your hands on your head. Get on your knees. Unregistered superheroes are in violation of the Accountability and Superhuman Safety Act. Section 6, subsection 317, paragraph C. So it's going to be like that, huh? Before Stitch, like, she starts to do it because she's just so susceptible to random influence. <laughs> then looks around and notices no one else is doing it. So she stops and kind of like, you know, pretends like, you know, no one saw her. And I think this Farsec agent is actually trying to shift all of your guys' labels. He is saying you guys need to stop being a threat to society and start cooperating with the law. And he is lowering all of your dangers and raising your mundane by one. You guys accepting or rejecting this influence? I reject it. Wonderful. I would also like to reject that. Cool, cool. Yeah, same. I reject. Amazing. Okay, so everyone, roll 2d6 flat. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Mighty Brian got a (laughs) 4. I got a 10. That influence is rejected. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) And then, are you insecure? Um, probably. Uh, <laughs> no, that's like the one that I'm not. <laughs> you you stand strong. You know, Stitch do. That's a seven. Heck yeah. So on a hit, you successfully hold to yourself and tune them out. Moonflower, you get to choose two. Midas and Stitch, you get to choose one from the following list. Clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down of your choice, or cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. I'm going to clear a condition. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have guessed? And I am not afraid. Wonderful. I am also going to clear a condition. Um, I'm going to clear hopeless. Cool. And... I would like to cancel their influence and take one plus forward against them. Awesome. And yeah. And then for those of you who are clearing conditions, you have to act immediately to prove this guy wrong, that you are not going to comply with the accountability and superhuman safety act. I immediately suit up in the beefiest way possible. That counts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's been established that Eden has any sort of, like, smoke bomb type devices. You could have smoke knives. (laughs) That makes absolutely no sense. I'm rolling with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would like to throw a smoke knife and disappear. Wonderful. Stitch, what are you doing? Stitch is going to mark potential and immediately act to prove them wrong, essentially fulfilling her lesson taught to her by Graviton that a superhero should not be concerned with external validation. And she's going to stand up and say, no, I don't think I will. Awesome. And what does it what happens when you uh, embody one of your lessons like that? When Stitch embodies one of her lessons, shift one label up and one label down your choice. 
If you cause a misunderstanding, collateral damage, and unintended consequences in the process, mark potential. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why shouldn't why not? I always why be doing that? Do that? She is being a superhero right now, so she's going to shift her mundane down to negative two. She's going to shift her freak up, but not necessarily seeing herself as an outsider. She's just, she's powerful and she's standing up to yeah. the establishment. Embracing your, that you're a powerful superhero. You're not like everyone else. No, um, she's not. And then our dearest Ryan. <laughs> um, on a miss, their words hit you hard. Mark a condition and the GM will adjust your labels. Yeah, I think it's just so perfect that Ryan was the only one who missed, isn't it? Um, I think, I don't know if this is too meta, but I think I'm going to mark insecure because I think Ryan is like, it's a pretty big blow for you to be the only one on the super team who doesn't resist the... Yeah, I could, yeah, that totally makes sense that look, the Farsec agents encircle you and this team just springs into action, just suiting up and disappearing and... I, I think also maybe you didn't quite weren't aware of just the implications of the accountability and superhuman safety act. And we're kind of just, you know, just thought uncle Patrick was just being all uncle Patrick about it is all oh, don't go off superhero in, but yeah, but yeah it's so it's typical like, oh, uncle Patrick to want to protect me. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, Oh, Oh shit. There are real consequences to this. So yeah, that totally makes sense. So, yeah, as the smoke bomb goes off and Midas suits up in Pillar of Flame and Stitch rises into the air, uh, the, the squad leader yells, Move in! Take him! Go! 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 They start firing off tranquilizer darts into the smoke. What are you doing? What labels do I need to move as well? <laughs> oh, yeah! I forgot about that. Let's move your superior down... You're mundane up. That's not too bad. Yeah. You you feel a little a little less like a superhero and a little more like you're might be in over your head, but I mean, never actually, but maybe. So I think um I'm I'm feeling extremely insecure. <laughs> feeling extremely like I've not fulfilled the the goal that I set out to do today. All of these supers around me are doing cool stuff. And I think that Ryan is going to not retreat, but like the equivalent of retreat to Ryan, which is use my brambles as a as armor instead of fist. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so Midas, yeah, there is this this other person here with your teammates using these crazy, awesome bramble powers that are growing out of a tattoo on their arm. Uh, Ooh, I love a good bramble. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and just give us a quick physical description of Ryan and what their, what their deal is. Ryan, or as, as she's known right now, Mighty Briar. She is an absolute unit. Extremely large, muscular, femme, with kind of scungy looking like pink hair with regrowth of like dark roots very beautiful rose tattoo which is at the moment sprouting all of these thorns that are sort of like wrapping themselves around their like arms and chest as if like 
making some sort of spiky, thorny armor. Like if you if you tried to punch, it would it would sting. Like trying to run through blackberries. Awesome, badass, nice. Yeah. So behind you guys, you hear Coral scream and run back into the culvert, trying to find Mister Bubbles and Sebastian, the uh, the other fish people. What are what are you guys doing? How do you spring into action, Moonflower? Where did you go? Away. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, Moonflower's first order of business was to get out of their line of sight, right? So once she has kind of lost them, I think she's going to circle back around. So there's kind of like a crowd of them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is going to look for someone who is sort of standing on the periphery who she thinks she could kind of take out without other people noticing the silent takedown. Yeah, absolutely. There's, as the kind of two squads are falling in, there's the one kind of uh, leader guy who's kind of standing back and giving orders and people are kind of filing past him. And now he's kind of on his own towards the back of the group. You also might be assessing the situation, I guess. Sure. Doing that, that, that cool move you do where you assess the situation before a battle. I almost dropped the wrong thing here. <laughs> okay. So that is a roll plus superior. The, uh, plus one, since I'm taking one forward going against the... Absolutely, yeah. That is a nine. Heck yeah. So you get to ask one plus one bonus question. What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? How can we best end this quickly? Let's start with... Let's go ahead and start with how could we best end this quickly. Hmm. It depends on what you mean by end it. Like, the, the quickest thing you could do is just leave and let the Farsec agents round up Belch and Coral and Sebastian and Mr. Bubbles and be done with it. Other than that, you would have to, like, get them to safety or, like, dispatch of these Farsec agents. Who's Sebastian? Sebastian is the um, the crab person. I have no memory of this. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a little um, kind of like, like imagine a lobster centaur. <laughs> like just the back half is lobster. And then the, the instead of being like, you know, human skin, lobstery plates and arms. And he's got two, he's got two sets of arms, kind of big lobster claws on his shoulders and then smaller claws that have kind of more delicate, manipulative digits. But yeah, he's really nice. He's one of uh, Finn's friends. And Sam yeah. hangs out with him. So is it more of like the head of a person and body of a lobster? Or is it more like the body plan of a person looks like a lobster? You okay. know. So anthropomorphic lobster. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. It's Sebastian, it was- the crab person, lobster centaur. <laughs> Come on, yeah. guys. <laughs> I have no memory of ever encountering Sebastian before. It's it's fine. I'm, I'm just going to roll with it. I would like to also ask, what here can I use to distract the Farsec agents? <laughs> if the GM needs an assist, I have an idea. Oh? 
Yeah, no. Um, I mostly want to ask to take plus one acting on the answer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think, so Eden's found this guy that she wants to kind of pick off from the periphery. And I think she wants to steal his, like, comms unit and use it to fake that there's a situation going on. Where are we? Near, like, down the beach ways? Uh, yeah, we're kind of just west of the, or, uh, yeah, just west of the opera house. Okay. So I'm going, I want to tell them that there is an incident on the boardwalk. Awesome. I think that's going to be... Is it, are you watching closely? I I was just about to say, I think that triggers your new, your new move you took. Excellent. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, share that with the class? So this move I took from the delinquent playbook on one of my advancements. It's when you mislead, distract, or trick someone, roll plus superior on a hit, they are fooled at least for a moment. And then on a 10 plus, I get to choose three. On a seven to nine, I choose two of, you get an opportunity, you expose a weakness or flaw, you confuse them for some time, you avoid further entanglement. Awesome. That is a 12. Heck yeah. What is this, uh, what threat do you do invent for these Farsec agents to go investigate that's going to be more serious than an unconscious belch and a couple of kid heroes? Of course, when you ask that, I forget the name of like every villain we've ever faced. Is there someone perhaps more dangerous than Belch who was freed in the Farsec base incident? Absolutely. There's like 30 some villains that you guys let loose. There are many, many civilians in peril because you guys crashed that base. Just, you know, just to remind you. <laughs> lethal laser is still unaccounted for. Sir Sinister has escaped. Or no, lethal laser is uh, in a coma. Yeah. Like, paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs> right. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, no. So he is, he's still in custody. So good job there. Baron Zemptourist escaped. The Cosmic Crusader escaped. Let's go with the Cosmic Crusader. Yeah, he is a... Yeah, so the Cosmic Crusader was a big cosmic threat (laughs) from the Silver Age. He wielded these two very powerful artifacts called the Negaton Bands that were connected to the primal energies of the universe and could wield cosmic power to manipulate reality around him at will. There was a really great comic run in kind of the late 90s, early 2000s called House of Zed, where Baron Zemturis acquired the Negaton bands and used them to remake the world in like a parallel reality where he ruled it as like a supreme emperor and stuff. It was, it was uh, very well received, actually. You guys should go check it out. But anyway, yeah, so the Cosmic Crusader himself is sort of like a space ghost from the waist down kind of fades into stars and space energy wears like a big cloak yeah so what do you say over the comms what what do these farsec agents here oh man i'm trying to think what like the super official sounding like dispatch would be emergency alert all farsec agents in the boardwalk area please report to the cosmic crusader reciting please report immediately the farsec agents moving into the smoke all freeze and there's uh confusion 
the guy whose radio you just stole kind of shouts out to the agent in front of me and says, You are dispatch! Everyone move out! We can come back and clean up later! The two squads start to make off towards the boardwalk, and there's one agent who's being left here to uh, kind of watch Belch and try and detain the rest of you. What are you, what were, what are the rest of you guys doing? I, I get three things from my list. Oh my goodness, yes you do. What are you doing? <laughs> so I, well, first of all, would like to avoid further entanglement. Clearly. I would like to expose a weakness or flaw. Okay. And I'd maybe like to get an opportunity to, like, learn something or take something that I could hypothetically use against Varsek at a future time, just because I hate those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fascinating. So critical opportunity and something useful. Or critical flaw. Yeah, so I think you just keep this Farset comms unit. Excellent. Um, it's like a, yeah, like a wrist-mounted Farset communicator. Yeah, so it can tap into Farset comms, and if you got it, you know, hooked up to your computer and decrypted, you could uh, definitely learn some probably compromising and very interesting information about sure. where the Farsec agents have been. Sure, Shrike's going to love that. Yep, yep. Speaking of Shrike, uh, you get a call over your headset that says, all right, Strike team is inbound. Should be getting there any minute now. Yeah, I didn't expect them to get here so quick. But thanks. Well, you know, we aim to please. Yeah, you can tell I'm really pleased right now. I see you have already sent them down the beach. Does that mean you're just going to let this belch creature get away? I glance over at Ryan. Say, no, I think he'll be down till they get back. <laughs> All right, you say so. Over now. Midas, what are you up to? So there's only one guy that's still there, right? Yes. I mean, I don't know that I need to fuck him up. It's far, Seth. But like I could. You you sure could. You are a, a flaming demon boy. He's just done. Yeah, what is he gonna do? Shoot you? <laughs> man man who was stabbed. Would you gonna stab me? <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna I, there's 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 too much going on. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna real quick just just portal right behind him and uh, some, yank some demon chains through through my portal with me to to just put this guy on the ground. Awesome. Go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. This is a roll plus freak. An eleven. And you are hopeless. So it is two. So nine. So it is a nine. There's two team in the pool. Or you could mark a condition, or I could tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Does anyone want to just help me out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stitch called you here to specifically help someone since there was an absence of Sam's to be helped. Stitch had jumped into an action pose, expecting a lot to happen, and Moonflower quickly dealt with the threat. But she did look down because apparently she was rising into the air. I'm not sure why, but she was just stitching herself to nearby things and just getting an elevated position because it looked cooler. And she stitches this Farsec agent's boots to the ground. 
just sends like a little thread down to just neatly sew each of his boots in a nice little oval shape to the floor. <laughs> so, yeah, Midas, you appear behind him and just throw these flaming chains around him that solidify into like this smoking black iron. And he goes to make a break for it and just trips <laughs> and just goes face first into the sand right next to Belch. Ryan, what do you what do you think of all this? I think I'm in a little bit of my head out of my league. Not that I would tell anyone that. Obviously not. <laughs> I kind of can hear Uncle Patrick already. <laughs> when I get home, I already know what he's going to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no way for me to uh, convince him that the vigilante with Bramble Powers on the beach who got into trouble was not me. <laughs> someone else with pink hair <laughs> somebody else Patrick there's so many supers like there's bound to be a couple who have bramble powers and pink hair and my exact build I'm not even the only person with pink hair <laughs> bramble powers on my derby team <laughs> yeah so Ryan's just gonna kind of like watch this demon boy like put down a Farsec officer with demon chains uh, right next to Belch. There's like Moonflower's like scattered all the other Farsec officers and Stitch is like flying somewhere above. Ryan's just gonna like nod and be like yeah, good job. Good job team. We did it. <laughs> It sounds like you are celebrating a celebration with your teammates. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if they're celebrating. I'm celebrating. You are definitely celebrating. So uh, why don't you go ahead and read what that move is for the bull? Uh, so when you share a triumphant celebration with someone, make them your love or rival immediately to mark potential. If they're already your love or rival, take influence over them and mark potential. In particular, so who are you, whose approval are you looking for while you're, while you're celebrating? I think, uh, I'm trying to decide if it's, I think it, like, I think it might be Midas, as much as I wish it was Moonflower. Like, <laughs> Moonflower is <laughs> invisible, right? Like, Moonflower is a ghost amongst the chills. No, <laughs> she's just, no. nobody can, I can't see Moonflower. All I see, and you know, like, Stitch is somewhere up high above, and I, I see Midas, Coming out of the portal with the chains, and I'm like, "Yep, I think I think Midas is my love now." Ooh. <laughs> I, I just want to state that Stitch can't actually fly. Michael just described her rising yeah. into the air. I, so I don't she's, know why I did that. I'm probably fine. So she's only twenty feet in the air with a thread going to like a light pole, another thread going to nearby building, kind of close by that has a second story. She's just kind of dangling blowing in the wind just so the readers don't suddenly think she's mastered flying i think you know you're on the beach there's usually there's usually a, a good chunk of wind on the beach might be a good time to just you kind of stitch yourself into to a, like a kite form mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. just be riding the wind a little bit. yeah just kind of flat stanley part again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just not, not sure why she she she's <laughs> She's doing her best KT impression right now because that's what the fiction has dictated. It's not as intimidating, but, you know, it, it, it has an effect. It is quite cool. <laughs> awesome. Belch is starting to kind of come to a little bit. 
his groaning and kind of shaking his giant purple antlers. Is he subdued in some way or form, other than that he seemed to be unconscious? He is... He is waking up from being unconscious. He looks a lot more calm. He is not like, yeah, he's in a lot of pain right now. So he's not like a threat at the moment, but he is becoming awake. I de-suit a little bit and I say, what's he doing here? Because I kind of, you know, I, I got here and didn't know what was happening. Melt, fall from sky, it's head, nice, these people help melt. I think that about some today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Ryan obviously now has Midas as a love, which means that he wants to impress Midas, um, which is probably going to mean that he's going to shrink back all the brambles that are like around, uh, like kind of covered in his arms. Stand up a little bit taller. We're, we're we're tamping down the insecurities. We're going to deal with that later. Sort of like saunter over to Midas a little bit and just kind of smile and say, yeah, he was going to squish your friends. So I had to, you know, knock him out. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and I don't think I don't think we've introduced each other yet. So I, I, I'm Midas. I'm Mighty Briar. Uh, the the bramble brawler do a little pose as I always do. Introduce <laughs> 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 um, And now that now that it seems like we've kind of got everything under control, what uh, I mean, Stitch called me down here. What's going on? Yeah, I'd, I'd also like to know that. Just gonna look over. I'm gonna search for Moonflower. Yeah, where did Moonflower go? <laughs> She's, she's not. She's out of sight right now. She's lurking. <laughs> lurking. Yeah, like I, I think she's probably behind like a snow shack or I don't, like she's nearby, but behind some very small rocks. <laughs> she, she's lurking. <laughs> oh, why are you here? What is going on? Was he addressing me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, bud, I'm trying to figure out just like you are. <laughs> and I, I look at Ryan and Stitch and I say, is he a problem right now? Or, or, or do we have bigger fish to fry? Nice fish lady, make soup. Hmm. Where, where are they? They're hiding in their, their culvert that they, they have built out into their, their little home. And am I, am I correcting that? That Sam ran with the fish people? Uh, he chased Finn, the small fish child, down the beach. Mm. Um, but Coral, Finn's mother, and uh, Mr. Bubbles and Sebastian are still there. I say I say we should go find the fish people. Eden's going to pop out of wherever she's been lurking. And she's going to approach Belch and say, Look, as far as I'm concerned... We took you down. We did our job. If Farsec is too incompetent to recapture you, that's on them. I suggest taking the head start. And also, if you ever try to throw a dumpster at someone's head again, you'll be seeing me. Nice. Okay, angry knife lady. (laughs) 
I'd like to uh, put forth a motion to, from this point on, call Moonflower Angry Knife Lady. (laughs) (laughs) By this point, Stitches pulled herself down and got the leaves out of her hair and says, So are we taking him to the library too? I'm not taking him anywhere. (laughs) He threw a dumpster at my head. Books cannot read. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's any beds big enough for him there. Where will Belch go? Belch cannot go home. Where did Belch come from? Belch came from Feywild. Beautiful forest. Belch had homes. Beautiful wives. We were happy. Is it on Earth? It was on the ground. <laughs> right, but are are you from Earth? Belch is from the Feywild. Belch is ogre of the Blue Mountains. Guys, I don't think he's from Earth. <laughs> uh, maybe we should actually take him to the library and, and see if Threshold can, uh, can get him back where he's from. Eden's just looking at the... I don't think she's probably wearing a watch. I think she's looking at the clock on her phone. She says, I can't believe Farsec hasn't figured out that there's no cosmic crusader. (laughs) They're bad at their jobs. I look at Moonflower and I said, oh, that was you? Good thinking. Moonflower just stares at him. (laughs) Way to take a compliment, Eden. (laughs) Well, I say I say we, we regroup at the library and see if Threshold can't send this big guy back back from whence he came. Fine. Well, if uh, no one's opposed, I say we portal out of here. Angry knife girl and hurty plant person help milk. It's your lucky day, pal. I don't feel lucky. (laughs) 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 Um, I open an extra large portal to fit Big Boy Belt through, as well as the rest of the team. Why don't you go ahead and roll to unleash your powers? Just for the heck of it. Just for fun. Yeah, just to see what could possibly go wrong. A 13. Wow. Not even your insecurity can 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 deal with that. Yeah, there is. Describe how badass this giant portal is. Oh, it's it's extra flamey around the edges, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like everybody's kind of impressed by it. I mean, it almost just overpowers the sun. Oh wow! Well. <laughs> and, and everybody gets uh, a little bit of a roller coastery sick feeling to their stomach as they go through because it's it's such a ride. And then just kind of everybody drops down superhero style onto the library floor. Belch lands like on uh like in like a small like folding chair and it just like <laughs> smashes into the floor and shatters into a thousand pieces. Sorry. <laughs> I immediately look for Threshold. Threshold is staring at you from the other side of the dining room. He says, uh, he's kind of like looking out the window, 
of the library where the just like the very faint remnants of a giant column of fire are dissipating near the opera house. <laughs> so, was that you? Wait, where, wait, what happened at the opera house? You guys were there, and you summoned a giant pillar of fire brighter than the sun. Oh, yeah. Everyone. We <laughs> happened. I thought we were, like, by the beach. I wasn't really yeah, yeah. right by the, the beach. The beach is by the opera house. Yes. Okay. Maps are hard. It's a beachy yeah, yeah, opera no, house. It's tough. Um, uh, yes, it was. But more importantly, we need your help getting this guy off of Earth. Also out of room. Doors are small. <laughs> Uh, he says he's from the Feywild, some blue mountain stuff. Yes, I have heard of the Feywild. Encountered a couple of interesting beings from there before. Um, have you ever met a Kelpie? Don't. <laughs> Duly noted. The Feywild. Uh, well, it is a notoriously tricky to pin down. The magic is whimsical there, if you will. It doesn't quite follow the conventional rules of magic. However, there's one person that knows how to get there. It would probably be Geodica. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately. <laughs> Alright, well, Belt, you might have to get comfy. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at Galvanic Man. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Instagram at Big Sky Charlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton. You can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed, who can be found on Twitter at www.comicsstitch. Mighty Briar is played by Kaylee Newberry, who can be found on Twitter at Kaylee underscore Newberry. Wonder World Comics is produced by Michael Dunham and is edited by Michael Dunham and Justin Reed. The music is from Dvorak Symphony Number no. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at wwcomicspodcast or send us an email at wwcomicspodcast at gmail.com